Welcome to this edition of Community Matters Podcast, where we discuss issues important to managing and governing condos, cooperatives, and homeowner associations. My name is Tony Campisi, Executive Director of Community Associations Institute's Pennsylvania and Delaware Valley Chapter. In this episode of Community Matters, we'll be discussing reserve studies, specifically updates that were adopted in 2016 to CAI's National Reserve Study Standards. My guest today is Mitch Frumkin, president and founder of KIPCON Incorporated, an engineering consulting firm that specializes in community associations. A licensed professional engineer in 18 states, Mitch holds CAI's reserve specialist designation. He is also a past president of Community Associations Institute and our chapter. Welcome, Mitch, and thanks for joining me today. Thank you very much, Tony. It's a pleasure to be here. First of all, for our listeners, can you explain what a reserve study is and why every community needs to have one? Uh, The reserve study is a very important part of each association's budget because what it does is it essentially makes recommendations on how much money should be set aside so that the community has enough money when it comes time to replace the common elements without having to worry about borrowing from a bank or special assessments from the residents of the community. Are there some communities that can get away with not having a reserve study? For example, a community that doesn't have any common elements. Well, it's very, very, very rare. But as a matter of fact, I don't think I've ever seen one. But if an association has no common elements that they're responsible for, then they would not need a reserve study. Okay. Um, The National Reserve Study Standards, CAI, um, can you give us a brief history of those standards? Uh, Sure. It it goes back into the mid-1990s, and at that time, um, I was on the nationally involved, very nationally involved, and I headed up a national committee that developed the National Reserve Study Standards. The reason why it was done was because we found that communities across the country were clearly having reserve studies done, but in dealing with the people that prepared them across the country, we found that everybody was doing it essentially the same, but using different terminology to describe what the reserve study was and what the different parts of the study was. In addition, as I'll talk about in a few more minutes, um, a lot of people across the country are only doing what's called a physical analysis and not doing a financial analysis. So it was decided by CAI National that we, that, uh, we wanted to put together a program to develop national standards for the reserve studies. And so that took place back in the mid-1990s. There were a group of reserve professionals from across the country that were brought together into this committee, and uh, we developed the standards. Can you, before we talk further about the standards, can you just briefly explain what the difference is between the financial component of the study and the physical component of the study? Each study, based on the standards, is based on having two parts to it in order to be in conformance with the standard. One part is called the physical analysis, and the other part is called the financial analysis. And in the physical analysis, there are uh, three parts. The component inventory, the condition assessment, and the life and valuation estimates. And in the financial analysis, we have what's called the fund status and the funding plan. So if you want me to go into more detail now or... No, I think that's I think that's good, but I do want to point out too for for um, people who may not have too detailed an, a knowledge of this. Um, when we're talking components, we're talking about things like roads, sidewalks, uh, clubhouse facilities, pools, etc. Absolutely, and the components uh, and the component inventory 
is the most important part of the study because if the association does not list the proper components, then even though the study may be right, it's wrong because it doesn't have the right components. And the components are directly related to the type of association and what the definition of their common and limited common elements are and who's responsible for the replacement of those common and limited common elements. And that is what defines what the components are. So what is the purpose then of the National Reserve Study Standards? The standards do a few things. Uh, probably the number one thing that it does, which we started with, was just coming up with consistent definitions for each of the parts of the study. And I will mention also that um, if anybody would like a copy of the updated standards, the chapter has a copy which is available. But the number one thing was to come up with the definitions. When we prepared the initial uh, national standards, just coming up with consistent definitions took about two years. So there's probably about 30 or 40 definitions within the standards, which I can go into more detail, but it's the definitions, then it talks about the types of studies, and it talks about what another critical part, which are the different types of funding plans and the type of funding plans. So let, let's go into the definitions a little bit. What are some of the more important ones? And, and I'm curious why it took two years just to agree on definitions. Well, it took two years because imagine sitting around a table with 15 reserve providers from around the country that were doing the same thing and using different words. So there were ongoing debates about whose words were the best words for describing things. <laughs> and we had people on the committee from all across the country. And, I, and one of the nice things is I became very good friends with a number of these people, but it was based on the debates we had in terms of how we should define things. So for example, if you look at the terms and definitions, it has things such as capital improvements, cash flow method, component. What is a component? Once I just talked about a few minutes ago, there's a definition of what a component is, what a component inventory is. And again, in the standards, there's about three pages of terms and definitions, it's called. So anything having to do with a reserve study is defined in these terms and definitions. So as I noted in, in the introduction to this episode, um, CAI adopted an update in 2016. Why were the standards updated? As I mentioned before, the initial reserve study standards were developed in the late 1990s. So now fast forward to the year 2015. <clears throat> there are people all over the country using the standards. And over time, there were a number of comments that came in in terms of ways to clarify things, maybe things to change. So CAI came to a point where they recognized that as with anything else, times change, and, we, and they decided we want to clarify and update the standards. So what happened about three years ago, a CAI contacted myself and a gentleman from California, his name is Bob Browning, who's also a reserve specialist, who was on the original committee with me, and asked us to chair a committee to update the standards. So what we did is we took the comments from everybody across the country and we created a group of about five or six people who are leaders in the industry when it comes to reserves. And we went through the standards and we made modifications to them. And then uh, one of the things that wasn't mentioned was that <clears throat> we had both the standards and after we developed the standards, we came out with a designation for people who met the standards and could do studies in conformance with the standards. And that's known as the reserve specialist. So over the years, there are a number of hundreds of reserve specialists around the country so we took all the comments from everybody, we put together draft updated standards, sent it to all the reserve specialists across the country for their comments, got their comments, and then took everything we had 
and put it together in an updated standard, which we then sent to all the reserve specialists again for acceptance. And then it was presented to the CAI National Board of Directors. And I think it was in December 2016, their last board meeting of the year, uh, myself and Bob Browning made a presentation to the board about what the no standards said, what they had in it, what the changes were, and the board unanimously approved them as the updated standards. That's a brief history of what we went through. So then let's talk about the changes. Um, what are some of the specific changes and why did the committee feel the need to make these updates? Okay, I'll, I'll, make, I'll go through the um, two or three most important changes that were made. Uh, the first is there are three or four different types of studies. One is called a full study. And I had mentioned before the five parts of the study. You have the physical analysis, which it makes up three parts, three, three items. And you have the financial analysis that have two items. So the full study means that you do everything in the, in the, every single thing in the list. You do all five things. So you have a full study. You have an update with the site visit. You have an update with no site visits. So there were three basic types of studies that were done. Uh, one of the things that we found when, from a number of people is that when developers are creating new communities around the country, typically the initial budget has in it a, um, an amount for reserve so they can put that in the budget for the new community. So there was really no definition for what this budgetary type reserve study was because keep in mind that when this budgetary reserve study is done, the community isn't built yet. So it's based just on the architectural and the engineering drawings. So one of the things we did was we added a, another type of study, which is called a preliminary community not yet constructed type of study, which is for budgetary purposes when a developer is putting together initial budget for a community. So that's one of the, uh, that's a key thing that was added. Uh, a couple other things we did was that there was a definition in the, in the, there was a definition called deficit. And the initial definition of what a deficit meant was, and I'm, I'm going to throw out some terms that uh, require an entire seminar to describe, but uh, there's one thing called a full funding, full funding. So the deficit meant that anything that was not full funded was in a deficit, and anything over full funding was overfunded. So what we found was that in most parts of the country, people were not using this type of standard because people are looking not for a full funded basis for deficit, but what does it mean for adequate funding? So we actually took the term definition out of the standards, but we've included something in terms of what does it mean to be adequately funded as the standard. And I just want to read that into the, into the uh, presentation because people should be really aware of what does adequate mean when it comes to funding for reserves. Adequate is defined as a replacement reserve fund and stable and equitable multi-year funding plan that provides for the timely execution of the association's major repair and replacement expenses as defined by the National Reserve Study Standards, and this is the key, without reliance on additional supplementary funding. So adequate funding essentially means making sure you have enough money to replace your components without having to do a special assessment or borrowing. So that's another critical part that was changed in the standards. The last thing with that, uh, which I'll put number three on the list, but still important, is there are a number of different uh, types of funding. There's baseline funding, threshold funding, full funding, and statutory funding. And in the new standards, although the definition of these essentially stay the same, we've listed them in order 
of what is the most conservative versus the least conservative and have described in the standards why we consider them to be conservative or not conservative. And that's probably the last and most important part of the updates. So you, you discussed funding the reserve study. Um, I want to ask you about um, I want to ask you about funding, but specifically, how often sh should a study, and maybe this is in the standards, how often should a study be performed or be updated to be considered accurate and reliable for a community association board to meet its fiduciary responsibility in the budgeting? You said to avoid a special assessment or to avoid a financial deficit. How often do the standards address that? How often it should be updated? It's a great question. The standards talk about the different types of updates. For example, I mentioned before, there's a full study, there's an update with a site visit, and there's an update without a site visit, and there's variations of all of these. So how often should the update is not in the standards, although it does tell the different types of updates. The reason it wasn't included in the standard is because there's a number of different variables. For example, for a brand new association, that has a study that is done, a full study that's done at transition, which is generally when it's done. If it's fully funded, you may not need to update it for three or four years. But without going into a lot of detail, if you use a baseline funding model, then you should probably update it every year because the baseline is the most risky type of study to use. So it really based on the individual association. The other thing, then this question comes up all the time for us reserve providers, and it's, it's something that managers and boards should really pay attention to because there's some, there's some, I'll call them nuances of these things that are very critical when it comes time to update a study. For example, and I'll tell you the most important one, when you have a new community, you do a full study, start from the beginning, everything is brand new. But one of the keys to a reserve study is that it includes the replacement of all components that will require replacement within 30 years of the time the study is prepared. So if you have a new community, the reserve study is done, it includes everything that requires replacement within 30 years. Now let's say you update it five years later. Now it still has that 30-year requirement in it that everything within a 30-year time period. But now you're going out 30 years from five years, so you're actually going out to components would have a useful life of less than 35 years, which wouldn't have been included on the original study. So one of the, I think, things that's actually missing a little from the standards, although it's included in a lot of the information about it, is that when you do an update, you should also review your community to see if anything else should be added to the study. Because if you're just updating the last study, you may miss something that wasn't on the original one. And I know I'm going into a little detail on that, but that's a key thing and one of the reasons why it's important to use somebody who's qualified and understands this is because they understand things that could be left out when you update a study and the differences between the two. But also keep in mind if it's a large association with a very large operating budget, they may decide to replace components out of the operating budget, not out of the reserve study. So you may want to, then it might push the update periods further apart but as a general rule, what we say is that for communities that are less than 10 years old, an update should be done every three, maximum of four years. When associations get over 10 years old, they typically, and it's recommended, that they, they update it every other year, every two years. And that's just a, a recommendation throughout the industry. Although, like I said, it's not in the standards. So how are these standards enforced? 
or, or are they enforced? I mean, these are best practices. It's not a rule or a law. So how does the organization make sure these standards are followed? Well, it's, it's really not up to CAI to make sure they're followed. It's more, see, one is, as you all know, CAI is an educational uh, trade organization, I'll call it, where we want to provide um, the best practices for everybody in the industry. So it's really a matter of providing education to the managers and to the homeowners, the board members, of what the importance of reserves, but there's really no enforcement mechanism. Although there are some things that have happened in the last five, six, seven, maybe even 10 years in the community association industry dealing with, for example, financing of units, refinancing or purchasing units, where if nowadays, if it's a condominium and the mortgages are guaranteed by uh, Fannie, Freddie, FHA, all these guys, and they're guaranteed by them, they typically say we will not provide a mortgage or refinance unless the reserve study you have has, does one of two things. The reserve study covers 10, includes 10% of your annual budget or a reserve study has been done in the last two years showing that it's less than, less than 10%. So if you're looking at enforcement, the enforcement really comes in, in this industry from the banking industry more than from the organization because it's kind of forcing it to happen. The, the other thing I'll say is that the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants, they have a lot of educational information in regards to community associations. And when it comes to reserves for community associations, they specifically re refer to the CAI National Reserve Study Standards as the standard for the industry. And they actually also make some recommendations in terms of updatings and things like that. Although again, it's not something they enforce, it's just recommendations. So before we wrap up, I want to ask you briefly about the reserve specialist designation. Why was it developed and how does one achieve the designation? Okay, well, the reason it was developed is I, I talked a lot about the development of the standards. Then when we were finished with the standards, we said, okay, now we've got the standards. How do we make sure that there are people within the industry that understand the standards and are preparing reserve studies in conformance with these standards? So the next step was we came up with the RS or Reserve Specialist designation where people who do reserve studies around the country have to show that they meet the minimum qualifications of education, preparing studies, technical background, and actually have to show studies that they've done that meet these requirements in order to have the RS designation so that for a community or a manager or whoever is asking for a proposal for a reserve study, one of the questions that should be asked is, does your firm have somebody who has the RS designation on staff, which will confirm that the study you get will be in conformance with the national standards? Okay, Mitch. Well, thank you for taking some time today to talk about reserve study standards, the recent updates uh, that CAI adopted. If you'd like more information on services provided by KIPCON, please visit them online at www.kipcon.com. For more resources and best practices on managing and governing your condominium, cooperative, or homeowner association, please contact CAI or visit our website at www.cai-padelval.org. And thank you for listening.